we're on. Welcome back to the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast. Today's special guest is Phil, Mr. Wonderful Davis, uh, a man who has fought a who's who's list in MMA and beat so many big names. Um, he went, I think, nine and three in the UFC, and now he's running shop in Bellator. Uh, a guy who's crossed paths with me many times throughout our careers. Uh, you know, he's trained at AKA, and and uh, we've had uh, some appearances and 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 some some minimal times together where we've got to talk, but we've never had a real good long conversation where I could ask him some of those questions that I've always wanted to know and and kind of how he's came up and 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 got to where he he is today. So I'm looking forward to this conversation. So let's get started. Phil Davis, welcome to the show, buddy. Oh, thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been a while since we uh, we talked, man. What, what's going on with you? Uh, well, right now this whole COVID nineteen thing is kind of happening to everybody. Yeah, well, I should say most people. Yeah. Um. So right now it's just uh, kind of laying low, training, um, not doing a lot of like. You know, traveling and training, just kind of training at my gym and trying to limit my exposure to, you know, possible infection. How, how is that for you as far as like uh, quarantine and training and training partners and stuff like that? Like, is it do you still train with people and, and just hoping that, that nobody has Corona or you just kind of don't care? Like as far most people I'm talking to now just don't kind of care. They're just like, uh, it's, right. it's, you're either gonna have to wait on the vaccine and 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 then to ensure that you don't get it, or you're just gonna have to deal with it and hope that it doesn't, you know, obviously make you sick or whatever. Right. That's um. That's kind of rolling dice there. I just don't. It I, I, it's hard for me to to go down that road. So here's where I'm at. Um, my my wife and I we own a restaurant. And uh, if someone were to test positive in our restaurant, we would need to close the restaurant. Right. Um, so I feel like I, I take so much more into account than than just ah, if I get it, I'll probably be fine. Yeah. But it, you said you're you just, said you're training just, though, so you have to have some level of flexibility if you're training if nobody's getting tested. Right. Well, so that's so. What I'm doing is I'm going in in the morning. I'm doing a lot of bag and a, and a lot of uh, mitt work with my coach. So it'll be one on one. Okay. Uh, but as far as like training with the whole team, I'm yeah, not training with the whole that. team. You know, I, I think so, uh, I think with this with other other stuff that's going on, obviously in America right now, the, this this uh, the the protesting and uh, the riots and things getting shut down yeah. and and all that. I think that's it's it's putting so many people together. I think that's going to answer a lot of questions on this COVID thing. Um, if mm -hmm. there's a gigantic spike in, in COVID cases and people getting COVID all of a sudden now in the next week or two, two you know, following weeks, I think that's going to really showcase that, that this is something serious. And if it doesn't, that's going to, I mean, it's going to, it's going to be kind of controversial a little bit. You know, and they're telling you to oh, for safe, sure. safe distance and stay away from everybody. And then you see thousands and thousands and thousands of people together every single day all cities across America marching and protesting and and then all of a sudden there's no spike, that's going to be kind of like, you know, and, and there's a lot of people we have seen that are asymptomatic. So I don't know, like I said, I did a quarantine series and I talked to a lot of people and 
like the consensus kind of now I get your, your place with your restaurant and stuff like that. I'm in the same situation with my gym is you got to be safe, but it seems mm-hmm. like the consensus is, is we got to just kind of move on with our lives and protect the people that yep. are vulnerable, protect the people that are old and, and have preexisting conditions and keep them away and, and secure. And then we just go and battle it or, or, or I guess live our lives. And then if, if something happens, we get it. We have to just kind of face it. Um, that's, that's the, that's the opinion of most people. Obviously I see, you know, when you got responsibilities, you got a lot of things to think about and stuff yeah. like that. What do you think about the the shows that are doing uh, no audience? Does Bellator plan? Do you know of any plans by Bellator to put on any shows um, and possibly have some fights, or, oh, or yeah. do you not know? So Bellator is uh, working on having uh, uh, shows pretty soon here, most likely in July. Um, they'll get rolling, and, um, and they're just going to do kind of. You know, shows every week, kind of catch up, catch back up to the calendar. Would you have any problem fighting without uh, an audience? No, no. I mean, obviously, obviously, you want the crowd there because it, it it makes more atmosphere and all that. But but I tell you what, it it definitely uh, uh, you know adds an element. It, it definitely adds a so some of the fights that I've seen so far without an audience. Um, you know, it, it's they're. I think there's an element where they have to provide more action because there is no crowd. Yeah, that's, um, true. that's true. That's kind of weird. But, um, or, I see or, what you're saying. Or maybe even kind of gives it this feel like you're back in the gym and there's no one clapping for you every time you punch them. So you yeah. just go, you just going hard like you're in the gym. Yeah. Um. So, um, there's definitely an element there that I really, that I really, really like. But obviously, you know, there's nothing like having, you know, thirty thousand fans. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, screaming Mr. Wonderful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 30,000 fans screaming Mr. Wonderful. There's no replacement for that, but I, I'm definitely interested um, what it feels like to compete without a crowd. I'm, 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 I'm pumped up for that. What, what's, your, what's your take, just going back real fast on the corona thing, what is your take on how this – um, I mean, this isn't like one of my quarantine series specials or anything, but what, what, what do you think – what's your take on how this thing is going to end? Like what, what do you – what do you predict is right. going to be the end of this when we can be back to normal? You're back training with your team, and we're back to doing at least somewhat normal activities where we're we're competing and and, and training and shaking hands again and stuff. Like like, how, what do you think is going to take for that to happen? Well, uh, for me, I'm pretty much going to be back training with my team once I know for sure I have a date coming up. Right. Uh, right now, it's like, uh, be ready, yeah. but we're not exactly sure if this yeah. is going to happen. So, again, I'm, I'm in good shape. I'm probably you know, 10, 12 pounds overweight. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm cruising. But in terms of like hard training um, uh, and training with my, my entire, you know, all the guys at my disposal, um, for me, that that's one of those things I want to risk once I for sure have money on the line. Once I have a date, yeah. Or, all right, cool. You're you're for sure gonna be fighting. You know, uh, I think we're kind of Bellator is kind of waiting for uh, a Californian to loosen their restrictions a little bit. Right. Um. So, um, I when that happens, uh, I, I'm pretty sure Bellator is gonna be rolling out shows every week. But, um, um. How it all ends, that's very interesting. You know, um, 
it's it's really like um I, I think you're you have a, a good point like with these protests and so many people coming together um if we don't see uh a lot of increase in uh cases of covid i think it may start to relax a lot quicker yeah i think it i mean i'm not an expert on this by by no stretch of the imagination but i think it does get weaker the more it spreads i think it does i mean in time we've seen where viruses that spread right. the more the more they spread the weaker they get the less they they affect people and we know that uh, uh we do know factually that um coronavirus is asymptomatic with a, a, a large majority of people so a large majority of people right. that have tested in prisons they've tested in in groups of people where one person tested and so they just tested people that weren't showing any symptoms because they were together and everybody had it, but nobody had symptoms. So we do already know that there is definitely plenty of people that don't mm -hmm. have symptoms already and that their immune systems are doing what they're supposed to do and beat these viruses. Um, so I think that it, you know, I somehow, I mean, I think bringing everyone together like they're doing right now in these protests and, and, and stuff, I think that might weaken everything and there'd be some sick people come out of this for sure. But I think overall, it might be a way to kind of kind what of we needed beat this thing uh but then that brings us to the next thing is like uh, these protests and the situation and 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 man it's just that now we got this issue going on and it's like i i truly hope i mean i'm, I'm here in thailand so i'm just watching this stuff on the news and i'm just seeing i'm seeing like america become divided and i'm seeing all this this protesting and i'm seeing the chaos but i'm also seeing i think for the first time uh especially more than 91 92 um, I'm seeing big mm -hmm. things happening. I'm seeing people waking up and big people, big entities, big, big voices uh, right. speak, speaking right. out and, and understanding like I had to do. Um, I had to understand this, too, because I'm you know, I think a lot of people are somewhat like um, I'm not saying like myself, but like like for me, it was always along the lines of like um, I'm not racist. I, I don't I don't feel like anyone's lives don't matter. So I'm out of this. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just going right, to right, right. shut my mouth and I'm going to be out of this and let, let everything, you know, let, go after the people that's doing the bad stuff and, and, and let's get mm -hmm. help for people that are. But in reality, I came to the conclusion in this last week or so doing research and, and studying that, like, that's just the wrong approach. And I think the approach that I'm taking with that is the problem. I think the problem is when you have a voice, whether my voice is small and only can reach a certain amount of people or my voice can reach a large amount of people, it is my duty if I feel Black Lives Matter to say that I feel like Black Lives Matter because there are people out there. And, and when you start thinking about people that like feel that their lives don't matter and they're American citizens right. living in America, that's a sad fucking thing to think about. And, and, and when I started thinking about that, it's like, if you can say those words, if these companies can say these words, if they can change the name to Black Lives Matter Plaza, you know, going to the Capitol, if they can, if, if these big companies can come out and say those words to some people out there, those words mean everything. You know what I mean? There's, there's people out there that really do believe their lives don't matter, and you you got to just say those words. So for that reason, you know, I, I've been vocal about it. I think a lot of people have been vocal about it, and I'm very happy to see that change being made. So I hope we're on the right the right path to getting this thing fixed and uh, and, and getting you know getting on and, and understanding that you know th this is a problem we shouldn't be facing still. This is ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous. Yep. Since ninety one ninety two, we should we should didn't learn our lesson and we shouldn't be facing it. What what is your take on that? Like, do you think this is going to be the final? The final thing, like because of all these changes and the people that are speaking out, do you think this is going to be what it's going to take to finally start at least making huge progress and then maybe we can get on a little bit? Or do you think that it may take more? Um, unfortunately, I think this is a progress in work. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I just saw that the um, the mayor of Temecula, which is uh, which is like like forty five minutes north of where I'm at in San Diego. Temecula is a beautiful little little wine country town, and um, anyhow, so this co- this uh, mayor said that no good black people have ever been killed by police. I was like, wow, like. Just a mayor, just, a mayor said like, this. Yeah, the mayor of Temecula. I was like, "Wow, I don't even know why." Did you think this was the time to say that? Like, <laughs> what? What made you think this is this political climate was, was like a good time to even voice that opinion? If you had that, not even, not even really even touching on the validity, just. Just why, um, but it, you know it's stuff like that that makes me say, uh, you know, the ideas that go along with Black Lives Matter, they're they're much deeper than 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 just uh, you know uh, than a, a social post. You know, this is this guy, uh, and here's the deal. I don't want to. I'm not trying to shame this guy or talk bad about this guy, but yeah, what right. the idea that was in his head, yeah, that, that honestly, I don't want to fault him for. You know, we we understand the world um, through our experiences, and um, and he gained that perspective. Uh, however flawed, I, I think he gained that perspective honestly. You know, and, and it's like. How how do we how do we traverse the same world and end up with completely opposite perspectives? Right. Uh, and so that's why I say this is still we're still we still have a long way to to, to go. Yeah. I see you know, this saying, guy. Man. I mean, just to even put it in the absolute, you know, we could we could take it back to like I don't know, a public lynching. I don't know. Man. The whole town's gathered while someone's dead. Was that person good? I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? It's just such a weird statement to say. Um, Amongst other things, I mean, how are you? Are you now vouching for all police officers everywhere? That's a stupid statement. I mean, I I have teammates that I won't vouch for. That's a that's a small group. (laughs) I'm like, hey, I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know his business. Like, yeah, of course. (laughs) You know what I mean? But you're vouching for what? Over a million plus police officers co- nationwide. That's crazy. How does that happen? What, I think the one what, thing- what went on in his life to make him think that every person killed by the police was a bad person? Yeah, and how did he get to be a mayor with and that why? belief? How do you get to be a mayor with that belief? Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and like I said, and, and he probably was probably was a good mayor. Yeah, but how 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 is he how is he even effective in his job and has and, and still hold beliefs like this? Yeah, I think it's you know the one thing that's coming out of this, which is crazy to me. Um, I think once the the protesting started, once the incident happened, I think th- this is what's crazy to me. Okay, so first of all, I think a lot of the stuff was going on and not being seen and not being mm-hmm. recorded. And ob- obviously a lot of this was going on 
without without people being uh, shown and it being in the media. I think once this right. happened, I think it became like, okay, guys, look, this is going to be a huge deal. Whatever you do when you go out there, for and, and, and I'm about, and I want to say first and foremost that I, I absolutely support the police departments and the, and the first responders and the people that do yeah. a great job at their job. I'm not I'm not ditching them at all, but I am saying that you would think it, it, when this first started, they, the first thing that they would say is when you go out there now, guys, b- above anything you've ever done before, don't fuck up. Like don't fuck up. Don't do mm-hmm. anything stupid because yeah. there's cameras and there's people. And since this has yep. started, it seems like it yep. is enormous amounts of videos coming out that are just yep. unarguably just horrible acts on the yes. behalf of the police. The Buffalo officers that pushed the 75-year-old man down and cracked his head open. The 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 you know the, the yelling at people and the, the the slamming people around and the shooting people and the tear. It's like even under this scrutiny. And, and people, they have to be telling them to be the, as most careful as possible because anything you do is going to be amplified times 100 right now. We're still seeing so many situations. That yep. leads me to believe like what you said, there was a huge problem because even when they're being on their best behavior, some of these, yep. some of these bad officers and these bad people, they're still fucking up really bad. Like to a point of you're just shocked mm-hmm. to see it, knowing that there's nothing but people with cameras around. No and there's and cameras and they're, everywhere. And they're operating as if, like, I don't care about the cameras. This is normal. But it's like, what's normal? That's yep. normal? No, that's not normal, yep. you know? That's and I think that's, I think that's what we got to fix is, is, is I think it's is putting those videos out there and it's putting this situ- these situations out there. And that's what they're going to have to fix, man, because it's, uh, fuck, I can imagine. Yep. I, mean, I can imagine what it must be like to be closer involved with all this stuff. I mean, looking at it from way over here. That's- you know what? You know, I feel like it's kind of to me. It's a little silly that you even have to have this conversation in order to have the other conversation. But let's let's have this for a second. Um, we're gonna we're gonna go veer off the beaten path just for one second. But I swear we're gonna come back. Okay, no, that's cool. <laughs> um, have you had a crazy ex girlfriend? I have had a few. Yes. Okay. Uh, me too. Me too. I've had a crazy ex-girlfriend. <laughs> um, but the thing is, you you still like women, right? Yeah. Crazy. Me too. I still love women. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I still love my wife. The rest of them can't help you. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, good catch. Good catch, right? Good catch. Uh, yeah, good catch. Same thing. I mean, I've been to a a really crappy restaurant before. You have too. And we both complained about our food. And I still love going out to eat. But why is it that when I say I've encountered a shitty police officer, every police officer in the world wants to come down on me? You know, it, it, it doesn't seem logical. It proves the point that I'm trying to make in that this is a systemic problem. When I complain about one person, all the people unite to say that I am somehow the problem because this person treated me in such a way. It, it, it's, it, that to me does not make sense. If I say this car sucks and you have a car the same color, we don't just agree that cars are terrible. No, this car is bad. There's no reason to say all cops aren't bad. All people aren't bad. 
that doesn't make it doesn't never even need to be said. Police officers have a a, a tough job. They are, you know, they 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 stand for bravery. They they put their lives on the line. We love them and we appreciate them. Period. But let's not get that twisted. That doesn't put you in a category where you can never be scrutinized. We all love flying and traveling places. But when a pilot messes up, we say, yo, get get his ass out of the plane. That's it. You don't get to mess up. People can die. But I just don't understand. (laughs) Like, again, I don't need to reiterate that I love police. That I work alongside police. I have friends and family that are police. I shouldn't have to reiterate that to scrutinize specific instances. Right. I'm not saying, hey, the whole city's cops are bad. No, that that's that's silly. Hey, hey, well, you know, I, all cops are bad. No, that's that's equally silly. Yeah. You know, there are individuals, there are individuals who uh, take advantage. Of their of their power and their situation, and unfortunately, they give other individuals a very bad reputation. And they, you know, out of most of my encounters with or around police, they've been super cool, just mm-hmm. normal cats. Hey, this that cool, yeah, all right, cool, fine. And then there's a couple, and I'm like, hey, uh, I don't understand what's going on here, you know. And they and they separate themselves from from the rest of the the police officers. And the same thing, um, looking at what kind of what's happening with George Floyd, you know, it's uh it's odd. I heard Michael Che, this comedian, he said, uh, "Black lives matter." You know, what wh- how how is that even a controversial statement? Like, you're just saying that they matter. They're not even. Just they they just matter like <laughs> that's that that's that's controversial like how you know mm-hmm. um I think um you you know I you like I I, I try to on social media I try to make my stance um I, I definitely don't involve myself on every political issue mm-hmm. on most political issues. Yeah. Very few. But then there's some that I'm just like you kinda you kinda I, I'm kinda my hands are tied. Like uh this is ridiculous. And yet I see people that are like, Why was this man resisting arrest? And I'm like, ah is it called resisting arrest if you were smothered to death? If because that's a fact. You you did die. So did, were you a resisting arrest or were you trying to live? Because fighting to live is. Yeah, that's that's a natural that's a natural instinct. Well, you can you can legally not stop for an officer if he's if he's trying to pull you over in some states. Um, if you're on like a long, dark road, because you can claim you were in fear of your life and you can wait and, and let the police cha- chase you until you get to like a service center or a public place and pull over. And I, I know from. Criminal, I, I took criminal justice in uh, high school, and so it's like there, there is that, what you're saying. And even so, even if, even if someone is resisting arrest, that's not a 
you know, that's not a death sentence. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's not a, you right. know, if, if he doesn't have right. a weapon and he's trying to hurt you or, and like, if he's trying to resist, right. not murder you and like not attack you, but trying to just get away, that's, that's a defensive situation. And it's not, uh, you know, it's not a, it's not a death penalty case, especially on the spot, you know? So either way that, that situation was wrong. No. But I have like a future, I have like a real futuristic view on this. And like, I don't see why other people don't see this way. Like, obviously we have to live in the now we have to live in the, the present. And I get that. And, and we have many different uh, ethnicities and races around the world and stuff like that. But it's, I mean, if you look back, I said this on a Verif podcast as well, but like, if you look back like a hundred years ago, you know, it's like, there wasn't any interracial relationships. There wasn't very much mixing and everybody was pretty much their own ethnicity and their own race, their own color. And you look at the difference now, you have to assume that in the, well, I mean, it's not even, you have to assume it's a hundred percent in the future. It depends on how long everyone's going to be the same eventually, you know, eventually everyone's going to be mixed together. And, you know, hundreds of years from now, it's going to be just people, you know, like, I mean, there's people that are, you know, traveling and the world's expanding and everyone's like, so it's like, I don't know, it's just crazy to me that we're still battling this whole equality thing, especially as Americans, the land of the free, you know, when we have all these rights and freedoms and, and yeah, it's crazy to me, man. And then I'm seeing that the, all the impact that it's having, especially directly after COVID. And it's like, God, it's detrimental mm-hmm. to a lot of these businesses, man. A lot of these people are like losing everything. And yeah, I don't know. It's crazy, man crazy situation but it's got it's got to fix this is something that i think this has to it has to change and i think this is right. hopefully the thing that's going to put it in the right direction and start getting something something done i i think i think it's going there man i i from what i see i, I see a lot more um a lot more people standing up like i said before than than before like during the 91 92 yep. uh situation so i think that's going to definitely help and i think that's going to start the right uh turn of events hopefully but but anyway, aside from that, so you you obviously are training what you can, getting ready for a fight, just waiting to hear. And I know how that is, man. Even even when there is no coronavirus in quarantine, it's like right. it's hard to sometimes know when you're fighting. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, maybe, maybe this, maybe that. So you're just trying to – but I will say for my last fight camp, uh, I don't think it's going to affect like you and other people as much because like in my last fight camp because of my age, I'm, I was like 36, 37 or I don't even know, but um, I think it was 37, but I took it easier. You know, I didn't, I didn't go in there like we used to do at AKA and like just beat the crap out yep. of each other. And I had like an easier fight camp where it was a lot more technical, a lot more tie pads and focus mitts and bag work and cardio, a lot of hard cardio. And I felt really good. I felt really good. I don't think it's going to set people back too much to not have these crazy hard Mm -hmm. sessions, beating each other up for, for, for four weeks. I'm sorry, for, uh, for two months, eight weeks camps, you know? And so I think that's gonna, I don't think it's going to set anyone back too much until this thing gets over and, uh, and we get back to normal life again, hopefully. And yeah, that's, (laughs) you know what, uh, it's funny. I listen to uh, I listen to you know to just little things different guys say, and uh, I forget who it was. <clears throat> Definitely somebody older to I respected, maybe BJ, um, somebody on that level, and they said you know if I could do it all again I would spar less. I was like, huh. Yeah. I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that coming, and uh, you know as I as I get a little as I gain you know growing age i'm like huh i can see how there's there's a lot of truth there and a hundred percent there was a time where i i needed to spar twice a week three times a week and i've outgrown that stage for sure 
for sure. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> once once a week is is plenty. Twice a week is maybe a couple times out of camp, you know. And uh, an in between camp. And you know that that time, I really like to <clears throat> make sure I'm taking care of my body. Uh, uh, like you, like I'm blessed to be able to, you know, grow older in this sport and still be uh, freaking at, at a high level. And you just don't do that by, you know, pushing through injuries year yeah. after year. You just don't. <laughs> Your body is going to break. So um, I've used this this COVID time to really, uh, uh, man, I've been competing with my wife and we've been running. Man, she's faster than I am, but somehow I win. <laughs> the competitive side. Yeah. Exa- I told her, I was like, listen, you're faster, but uh, as long as I know we're in a race, I just can't stop. <laughs> we're go- I've got to win. That's so, funny, man. So I'm about 30 seconds faster than my wife, which is not which is not a lot. She's only five two. I'm six two. Depends on how far right. you're running. If you're if you're running like 45 seconds, that's a pretty good. It's a pretty big lead. <laughs> if you're running like a mile, four, four miles. Oh, four miles. Oh, that's okay. That's good. I but I can't, 30 seconds over four miles. That's the yeah, most I can beat. That's nothing. Running. Yeah, that's nothing. Yeah, that's yeah. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's <laughs> fast. <laughs> that's good man that's good that you have that that you can like train with somebody still and and uh and have that fun that that helps to add to the element um oh yeah do, do you do you think uh do you think it's a good reset like with with this whole thing like it seems like the, the you know obviously aside from climate change and 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 taking this break of everybody being so crowded and being in all these different places and doing all these things together and having to sit back for a while do you think it's a good reset like overall or do you think uh and I, I don't know. I've talked yeah. to some people, and they feel like it's a good reset. Like, like it was, it was. If we can get back to normal soon, it was a good reset to get some perspective, and 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 then now get back out there, get fired up, and and get back, you know, doing what we did before, and and not be so complacent, not take you know take advantage of the small things, and because man, I miss I miss the simple things mm-hmm. now, man. Like in Thailand, we're locked down, you know, and like we're just getting to where the point where we're getting unlocked and the gym's back open and stuff. But it's like I miss the little things now. So it's like, it's, it's going to be, I feel like a good reset for me to like enjoy. And, and I'm, I got that motivation back and that fire to like kickstart this next, this next, uh, this next time, you know, or whatever you want to call it, this next chapter. Right. Right. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, you know, there, there was a, there's a lot of things that I thought, uh, oh man, just really COVID just really just. Uh, destroyed the the school year. I have two kids, and yeah. Oh man, I'm now because my wife is running the restaurant. I'm like the caretaker every day, so I'm like teaching these kids and trying to get them out of the house, away from the TV, and teach them real stuff. I get them up at like five o'clock, take them out in the mountain, take them hiking. Nice. Just That's teach good. Them natural stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm tr- bro. You know what it comes down to? I need my nap. And yeah, yeah. Well, I don't even need a nap. I just need them to leave me alone for like an hour during that day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so I, you know, I get them up and I, I really like, I, try, I take my time trying to teach them about different stuff. Like, you know, the sunset, the sunrise, um, you know, lunar calendar, like, um, 
moon phases or like just how you know how the earth grows you know yeah whatever just get them out and 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 experiencing real life um away from the ipad and um and and that's that's been a a real struggle and at the same time it's been a real blessing just to be able to intimately get to know my kids and uh and like these little little things that they do and say and um how they've grown as little people you know just to like get to know them intimately that's been like huge blessing huge blessing yeah yeah, Benson, Benson, I had a podcast with Benson Henderson. He just said the same thing. You know, he's a big family guy too. And like, that's kind of what I was yeah, getting yeah. at is like, I was getting at that because, um, you know, the media wants to like post all these things like, oh, divorce rates are at, at the highest and, and spousal abuse. And like, they, they want to focus on the negative side of things. But I think that mm-hmm. this, this has also brought a lot of people closer to their families and, and given, mm-hmm. given a lot of families a lot more time together, like what you're saying, to like spend that quality time where you're not having to rush to work every day and stuff yeah. like that. So there is some good, I think, even though, you know, there's obviously a lot of bad, but I think there's some good and it's good to see that, that you've been able to do uh, some cool things with your family and capitalize on that. And, and let me ask you, you were talking about your restaurant. Did you, um, I, I want to say, I look, I tried to look before I, I called you now, but uh, did you recently do something to help with your restaurant and open it on Sundays or something? Did I see something like that, that you opened your restaurant on Sundays to help w- explain that you did something, correct? Right, right. So what we did was um, for any black owned businesses in our area, if they wanted to start a pop up shop. So basically we are a, you know, uh, fully functioning restaurant. They can use our kitchen. They can use our space. They can do business out of our place, out of our restaurant on that day because we're we're closed sunday and nice always have been so if they would like to operate business out of our restaurant on that day um we we were inviting them to to do so and um you know kind of you know look through some of the uh the people who are, have been displaced and the businesses that have don't have so um right. yeah i mean it's just reaching out to see who who has a need in our community and seeing if we can meet that need and you know, honestly, um, you know, it's it's not even like a, this is a thing we do. It's it's not even like a, a, a COVID thing. We just want to be good neighbors, you know, good, good, good neighbors at the end of the day. Yeah. Right now, we have a lot of neighbors whose businesses are, they're just struggling, just yeah. struggling. And, um, you know, how can we be good neighbors? Yeah, good job, man. Well, that that's that's how you do it. <laughs> that's that's a good step in thanks, the right direction. Thanks. And I know it took work because you were making sure everybody had the right licenses and 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 you were working on permits and stuff. So you were putting some mm-hmm. work into this. It wasn't just like you were opening the doors and saying, "Hey, guys, come in and do what you want." Like you were, you actually did some work to make right. sure that this happened. And I think that's very strong of you, man. Very very good. It was awesome. I like seeing that. I just I just saw that a few days ago. And I was like, "Oh, he's coming on the podcast." I got to mention that because, man, I know you're a nice guy anyway, but. It's just cool to – I like to bring up things like that because, you know, I didn't even see it posted on your Instagram. It's not like you were flashing it around too much. But, um, man, if everybody did a little thing to help, you know, these little things like this, I think it makes a big difference. Oh, so go so far. So, so far. So far. Yeah. Um, I want to yeah. say – so I want to get get into just real fast your uh, – so I know you – obviously everybody knows NCAA, D1, All-American, multiple time. Um, mm-hmm. You were at Penn State, right? Yep. 
What what years were you on Penn State? Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. That's a s- silly question. That that's a. <laughs> what years were you there? So I was on Penn State's team. Um, Two thousand from two thousand three through two thousand eight. Okay, nice. And then uh, mm-hmm. before that, you wrestled, I assume. And uh, what what was it that got you? Because I mean, most most of your storyline that I've heard in the past starts at wrestling because it's just such an amazing career in wrestling that you've had and then you moved into Mm -hmm. MMA and then done so fantastic amazing wins over amazing people but what got you into wrestling in the first place like when you were a kid and you were coming up what's what what was your driving force to get into wrestling and then what what caused you to eventually get into uh fighting and make that decision that hey I want to I want to fight in a cage and face punch for a living yeah that's exactly how I said it (laughs) yeah that's how it was back then yeah so, um, uh, you know, this is just the whole way I got into wrestling. Um, I look over the course of my life and it's just so classic me. It really is. It really is. <laughs> so I had um, I was in seventh grade and I had a friend, my, my, my one, my main, my only friend in seventh grade. You know, I had like, you know, I'd hide <laughs> by people, but like, you know, my one friend that I was tight with, you know. Yeah. And um, he's like, Phil, can um. I need you to come with me. I, mean, I want to try out for the wrestling team, but I can't go alone. Like, I don't know anybody. Like, I don't, I don't know. I just can't go alone. Can you come with me? I was like, all right, man, looks, it looks gay, but I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, uh, I, and that, that was like my, as a seventh grader, you know, that was like my honest opinion. I was like, I don't, I don't know, man. It looks weird. Yeah. And so I get there and the coach is like, Nah, man, you you can't just sit on the sidelines. You you got to get in. I'm like, I don't have any clothes. He's like, all right, well, you just got to wrestle in your your school clothes. And um, I remember because I, I snuck out my brother's shirt that day. I grabbed his shirt and <laughs> I wore it. So now I worked out in my brother's. I worked out in my brother's shirt and in my blue jeans that I went to school in. I was like, yo, I, this is the worst day ever. Like. I gotta, I'm like, I'm all sweaty now. I gotta take my shirt off, hide it, sneak into the house sweaty, throw my brother's shirt in the laundry, do his shirt in the laundry, and then somehow get it back into his room before he notices I'm gonna get beat up. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that was my whole thought process. And so I, I just go downstairs, I'm talking to my mom, like, my man, I went to wrestling practice and I'm telling her all about it. And she's like, well, Phil. I tell you what, it was a Wednesday. She goes up, Phil, I tell you what, just finish out the week. And if you still don't like it, you can quit. So it's all right. All right, I can do that. And as sure as my name is Phil Davis, Monday came, I forgot to quit, and I just kept showing up. That's it. And then there was no. There was no, my, oh, my dad was a wrestler. My older brothers were wrestlers. Yeah. Never nope. even heard of it. Never even seen it. My the my experience with wrestling was watching A.C. Slater on Saved by the Bell. That was it. Wow, dude. I have the it. karate kid, and I almost sometimes feel weird about saying that. You just said A.C. Slater. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Phil Davis, NCAA D1 All-American, A.C. Slater. Got him into it. 
completely oh, wow. by accident. You know what I mean? That's funny. But dude. um, <laughs> but to the second part of your question, so um, so, so you're just you're just trashing and, people. Um, you're just trashing people on the mats and wrestling, and then and then boom. When when do you want to start? When when out wrestling everybody and throwing them around isn't enough for you. You want to start punching them in the face. When did this happen? <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, why not? <laughs> I mean, you can control them anyway. Yeah, wrestling is one of those sports where man, it's so much fun, but at the same time, it, it only pays off in, when you win gold, when you win yeah. the Olympic gold. And, um, you know, and there's only one guy that gets the spot. This is in MMA, you know, in the UFC, you know, in, in any organization, you got a you got a roster that's 30, 40 yeah. people deep per weight yeah. class. There's a lot of people that are eating. In USA Wrestling, there's one guy who has all the sponsorships, uh, and he's he's the guy who wins gold. That's it. Yeah. And a lot of times you might have two guys that win gold, and whoever has the better story and the better, you know, charisma, whatever, what have you, that, that's the guy that gets the sponsors. That's the guy who gets everything. And, you know, as I became uh, – Closer to that point where I would decide Olympic wrestling or MMA, it just became a no-brainer. So I, I remember because I graduated on the Olympic year, and I remember seeing some of the uh, the lead-up for this Chinese runner, this marathon runner. She would run something crazy like 300 miles a month. And I was like, Jeez. see, the difference between me and her is I know for a fact I don't want it. I don't want no. that gold that bad. No. <laughs> she wants a month, 300 miles? Oh, bro, bro, she's running a marathon every day of the week. For real. Every day. Yeah, yeah that's, that's like 10 sick. miles a day. Yeah. Yeah, she's, she's I mean, you know, it, I, I knew I didn't want that Olympic gold that much. And at that point, why waste your time? If you know somebody out there wants it more than you, don't don't waste your time. You'll embarrass yourself. You know, just move on to something you're passionate about. So that was that was that was my easy easy segue to to, to MMA. And then you moved, and then so how did that start out for you? You had like an amateur fight, right? At least one or two amateur fights, so to test yourself out. Yeah. Were you were you sparring? Because I know a lot of these wrestling uh, wrestling guys, like wrestlers like yourself, come into MMA, and, and a lot of you, like even Fitch, when he came to AK Ty, or AK, I'm I'm promoting AK Ty all the time. That's naturally the only AK I know right now. When Fitch came to AK yeah. initially, uh, he never had a sparring session, but he had like five or six or seven fights. I'm I'm not lying huh. to you, man. And so, like, and he came from Purdue. He he just he just yeah. trained hard wrestling, and then went out and fought. Um, did, did you did you get to a gym to formally start training, uh, like MMA for a while before you started fighting, or did you kind of just go in there as a wrestler and 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 use that and slowly gain everything else? Yeah, no, uh, we we did uh, we did some sparring. We did. I uh, started going. I started going like probably two weeks after my national title, so May two thousand eight. Uh, I'm sorry, March 2008, uh, I win, two weeks off, probably April two, 2008, I start doing boxing uh, once a day, jiu-jitsu, 
um, it was uh, it was either jujitsu or boxing every day, and um, got some guys. Finally, took a while. Got some some sparring partners, and um, yeah, just just kind of built my way up. And um, as soon as soon as graduation happened, I had a fight within 15 days. Yeah. So um, uh, that was just it was crazy because. I knew for a fact the guy had more experience than me. This guy was, was crazy. This guy was like 45 years old. 45 years old. And I'm like, I don't even know what this guy's experience level is. Doesn't matter. I am the best 24-year-old wrestler in the <laughs> entire world. He don't stand a chance. Yeah. He doesn't stand a chance at anything. <laughs> like, true. true. Poor soul don't stand a chance. Uh, I mean, they don't want to beat the guy up, but um, and and after that, like uh, we did, um, we would ha- host like different like training camps, and my guy would, my my manager at the time, he would bring different guys in and just uh, just you know, we train and we would spar and we just kind of like exchange techniques, S- similar to a wrestling camp. Um, done very poorly for MMA. Looking back, done very poorly. You wouldn't do that necessarily with MMA, but uh, yeah, we we would just um try to learn as much as possible, train as much as possible, um, get some grappling tournaments in. So yeah, I I I, I was training it all before I got to AKA. Are you kidding me? The first time I trained, the first time I came to AKA, I sparred with Kane. Right. <laughs> right. Good choice. And, uh, Good choice. Way back on Hillsdale, right? Yeah. Um. So. <laughs> right. So it's uh. Oh, uh, they're like, all right. Here's the deal. Uh, this is Javi. Javi talked to me. Javier Mendez. He's like, he's never gone three rounds with the same sparring partner. And I'm like, what? Yeah. What? Never. What are you trying to say to me I've right never now, seen man? it happen. No. It's... <laughs> so Five, like, right, cool. four. <laughs> I've never seen one. <laughs> so he's like, All right, wait, you'll be fine. So go on, go on in there. And so I'm like, <laughs> you know what I'm brand new? I got a couple amateur fights against these cats. And the Kane's already out here destroying people. All right, fine. So I go in there. And, I mean, Kane was still green at that time too, yeah. but he, I mean, he won that green. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was green for he was green for Kane, but not not that green. So anyhow, I get yeah. there, we mixing it up, and he pops through a couple good times, and I take him down, and uh, you could hear like you could hear like the people in the gym. Like, oh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> man, this is all I got. Like, uh, not some chat, man. I, this is, I take people down, man. It's all I got. And Kane got off, man. He was so bad. He was so bad. He yeah. came at me so hard. I was like, get me out of here, huh? That was time. You heard the bell? Yeah. <laughs> you probably heard a lot of bells. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was good, though. That's... It was fun. All right, guys, I want to thank our sponsor, a.k.a. Thailand, the world's premier luxury training resort here in Phuket, Thailand. And I got some great news if you're listening to this uh, in real time. We are opening soon. We are opening in one week. I'm very happy about that. June 15th, 2020 for you guys in the future watching this. Uh, 
but uh, we are opening very soon. Uh, it's been three months of having the gym closed, and and that that has been so tough seeing seeing the gym sit there. But it has enabled me to be able to uh, get all new gear, all new bags. We're doing new mats. We're doing new equipment, all co-branded with AK Thailand. Uh, Fairtex came on as a sponsor of ours. Um, it will be. Uh, we got lunar air systems in there that NASA uses, NASA technology to purify the air to kill all the bacteria and all the inside training facilities. Um, four cleaners that their entire job is just to clean the rooms, clean the gear, clean the equipment between every single session. I am very, very confident in saying this is one of the cleanest gyms in the world, bar none, like just by far, definitely in Thailand. So we are definitely coming back with a bang. Um, so if you're interested, check out akthailand.com to learn more. Uh, we, again, if you're watching in real time, we're running some specials. So check out the, the pricing page and see if the specials are still going on where you can pre-book your training. We're doing a, a reopen special for people that are coming out of quarantine and kind of help them out, uh, save a little bit of money on coming here and, and, and getting away and, and starting your, their training. So uh, check out akthailand.com. If you have any questions, it's info at akthailand.com, and we'll answer any questions you have. And if you haven't seen the gym, you haven't seen the podcast, and you're wondering what I'm talking about, here's a video to show you what we got. What's up, everybody? I am here in Thailand. This is the first time I've ever been here. Been dying to come here for years. The great Mike Swick. He's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here, AKA Thailand, is incredible. There's people here from all over the world. You can train mixed martial arts here, jujitsu. They have weightlifting, they have cardio, and obviously they have Muay Thai, boxing, everything. telling you guys, I know everybody wants to go to Thailand because Thailand's so cool, but you can't come to Thailand without coming to AKA Thailand. Come on. So to catch up, so so seventh grade started getting into wrestling, but when was the, how old were you at? Because some of the viewers, like, I get a question a lot about, like, am I too old to get an MMA? And, and obviously you are a different situation by far with your, your you know, college gate wrestling and stuff. Um, but how old were you when you started MMA? Just, just for the record, just so I can put a timeline mm. on this. Let's see. Like when you first had your first amateur fight. Oh, okay. Then uh, 23. I was so 23, 23 and a half. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy, man. And did you have any fighters that like you, when you were getting into MMA, obviously you made that choice and there was reasons you made that choice. You were obviously watching it on TV and seeing these fighters and stuff. Did you have any fighter that you really looked up to? Like I, like for me, it was Vitor Belfort when I was young and he was like 19 and he was just crushing right. people. And you, I mean, that's why you see me try to knock people out in 20 seconds in my career. Cause like I always try to emulate Vitor Belfort because Mm -hmm. I wanted to look like I wanted to look like him too, and I failed miserably at that. But like, <laughs> I, I wanted to emulate him because like I was a striker. I wasn't as good on the ground starting out. So like when I would see him go against like guys that weren't strikers or as good as strikers and stuff, and he would win, mm -hmm. that would give me hope. Like if I could just punch fast and hard and be aggressive, maybe I can be like him one day and get mm -hmm. in, the, in the UFC and get in the big shows and fight. Did you have that one person that you looked at and you were like, wow? 
man, I want to be like that person or I want to have a career like that person or achieve success like them or like their style. Absolutely. I love Chuck Liddell. But then if you say, Chuck Liddell. Thing, like you say you didn't look like Vitor Belfort, I literally can't fight like Chuck Liddell. I, no I one literally can. cannot do it. Nobody, Nobody can. can. Nobody can. He, he's, uh, he's just such like a uh, – <laughs> <laughs> he's such a boss like – you know, you know Chuck outside of fighting. He's just he's a crazy dude, but such a great guy. I love Chuck. And um Me too. And he's uh man, I just I freaking love Chuck Liddell. Like when I see him get in the cage, he's just freaking you know, big burly chest out there. I was like, This guy's the man. I wanna do that. So that, that was yeah. that was my guy. But then as I began to train, I realized I don't really have that that <laughs> He he was just I mean just super natural with it just overhand uppercut, boom, kicks everything yeah yeah and that aggression and he just had that aggression too you know aggression and like, yeah yeah I've seen, like you go to a Chuck Liddell seminar and you're just like you just see a bunch of people looking at him like huh, shit huh like because you, you can't do what he does you know what I mean like you you can no. try but nobody in that entire seminar looks like Chuck you know what I mean like it's not like yeah. it's not like technical BJJ seminars where it's like you kind of look like you're doing the same thing he's just Chuck man <laughs> there's only there's only one Chuck and uh yeah I love him I love the guy man um and, and what is it so man you fought so many good guys dude and and you were on such, you had such a good record when you left UFC and then you now you're in Bellator and fighting in Bellator um what is what is your ultimate goal in uh, in MMA? Like, what is it that you want to achieve before you leave? Like, that rhyme, dude. That's going to be my new thing to ask. What do you want to achieve before you leave? That's I'm, I'm gonna coin that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah. seriously, man. Like, what? Right. While we on that. Yeah, but, but but what is your like? What is it, man? What is it? What is it that you're chasing? Like, obviously, people want to be champions and stuff like that. But deep, you know, from in your heart, like, what is it that you really want to achieve in this sport before you move on? Because you know, you only have so much time being a fighter, and you have to move on to something else. Mm -hmm. What What is it that you want to uh, legitify and, and, uh, and, and, and achieve in your career? Well, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, in that regard, I really like uh, cats like Fedor. Um, because he um, has such a great career and yeah. such a, a storied career. And, um, and and still there were places where he wasn't able to fight and guys who he never got the chance to fight. But because of his legacy and the guys he did fight in, um, people regarded him as one of the best um, to ever do it. So yeah. um, I, I really just want to – where I am – is where I am, and I just want to just continue to outperform each time I step in the cage. And um, I would love to fight some some guys, and there's some guys maybe I don't, don't ever get the chance to fight them, but I I would like to um, just really kind of leave a, a lasting legacy. I think you've done that, man. You're definitely you're, you're definitely. It, it. <laughs> You definitely have left quite a legacy already, and then you're continuing to do so each and every fight. So, I think you're d definitely well on your way for that. What What is it after fighting? Like everybody has their own their own thing after that they want to do and they want to pursue. Mm -hmm. What is it? Um, what is it for you? What, what I guess what's your end game? Like what, what do you see yourself doing when fighting is over? You're 100 percent not competing anymore. <laughs> what is it that you'd like to well, be doing? 
Oh man, there's there's a couple of things. Um, so I have my I have my real estate license, and right now I kind of I do um, just deals for friends and family. Um, it's very time consuming, and uh, I would never want to represent myself as a as a person who can have ten clients right now while I'm training. That would that would be that would be too way too much, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so it's good for me to like gain experience and to really get my feet wet and kind of understand the market and understand what I'm doing as a, as a realtor. Um, so there's that, uh, I really, really enjoy that, but also I want to be, um, more of a real estate investor. Okay. Yeah. Um, and for me, I, I really want to be able to understand, um, what's a good buy from a market standpoint, from, it's just kind of being um, a realtor and kind of knowing knowing the area very very well in and out um, as a realtor and then even better as an investor um, and uh, that and you know maybe expand some more with our restaurants and uh, that'd be I'd be happy doing that. What kind of food do you have in your restaurant? So it's old school American deli. Okay. So it's uh, soups, sandwiches, salads, typical. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Very, very super cool story. My um, my wife's grandparents came over from Korea. Okay. And um, they bought this deli. This is over forty years ago. Oh wow. So they bought this. Yeah, yeah. They bought this deli, and um. Mind you, they're they're obviously older and they not that old, but they came here as adults, <clears throat> bought a deli, and then my mother-in-law, their daughter, um, she became the obvious translator, you know, for yeah, all, yeah. <laughs> for, for all legal things. Hey, mom, what yeah. you, I need you to read this, like, yeah. you know. <laughs> So, all right, sign here, do this, you know. They're just natural, natural things that happen uh in, in, in immigrant families. And yeah. um and then so my, my mother in law met my father in law. He is uh he came to America in I wanna say high school. Um he, he was born in, in Mexico and um and then they kinda took over the, the deli from my my mother my in my mother-in-law's parents as she became older in age and uh so now we we took it over from my mother-in-law so wow. just just kind of a cool story been in the community a very long time i can see you owning a restaurant called mr wonderfuls <laughs> i always i always I always had this thing that we're like, I'm not even into the restaurant. Like I used to wait tables out of high school, but I'm not even yeah. into like restaurant owning and, and the business that much, to be honest. But I always dreamed of having like, if I ever had like money, like, like got like extra money and, and, and just had just, owning, just, just pl plenty of money to, to spend. I'd like to have a chain of restaurants called Quick Swicks and, and make it like a, a fast food restaurant with like hamburgers, fries and everything, but like healthy fries and hamburgers and everything so it's like baked mm -hmm. fries you know like the hamburgers are like i guess I, I don't know however you can make them the most healthy but still be fast food and still taste somewhat decently mm -hmm. and then super fast that, that was my thing dude i was like if, if i ever yeah, had why, it why can't this happen 
It might, man. I don't know. Like if I, 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 right now, I got so much focus on uh, AK Thailand, and that's enough, especially with COVID and having my business shut down for three months. But yeah, it would be cool, man. That, that if I had a restaurant, I guess I'm trying to say that's what it would be. It would be called Quick Swicks. So you need uh, I will Mr. Say Wonderfuls. I have my own sandwich. I have two sandwiches actually. Yeah, tell me, tell me. Yeah, so we have like a a secret menu for our locals and for like yeah. our social media. Uh, friends and family, yeah, and we, we put it out there, but we don't like to actually advertise it. So <laughs> there is my the first sandwich I came up with, which is the the sub the sub mission. See what I'm saying? The sub mission. Oh, I got you. I see what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sub mission sandwich, uh, pretty delicious. Uh, and then there's also like the Phil special, which is uh, and I feel terrible because my wife is she's so she's so good at what she does i don't actually know all the ingredients so (laughs) wow i couldn't even tell you what it is all i can tell you is it's amazing wow Um, because if i told you i would forget something and that's not everything so well describe the taste what is it like give me give me some something to go on so i can imagine at least what i'm eating when i eat a phil special here we go hey (laughs) quick question (laughs) What's in the submission? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Go ahead, say it again. Corned beef with melted Swiss cheese, turkey with melted cheddar cheese, bacon, Thousand Island dressing, barbecue sauce, lettuce, tomatoes, and onions. Okay, wait, wait, wait. That is stacked. I forgot to tell you, you are live on an interview right now, so don't give away the special sauce. Yeah, don't don't give away the special sauce. Is there more? No, that's all. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. I was just uh, I was just in here talking about you. So I was just making sure. <laughs> okay. That sounds Make that it. sounds stacked, <laughs> man. That sounds stacked. It's a it's a man sandwich, dog. It's Damn. not it's not to be taken lightly. Yeah, that's awesome, man. It's cool you have that going on too. And then uh, and then the real estate, man. Getting your real estate license was a super smart idea. Because there's, it never hurts to have that knowledge, and then obviously have your license, and then if right. you get into real estate investing, right. you're there, bro. You're you're so much farther ahead of everybody else. Then now you have your name, and you have you know all this other stuff going for you as well, and like, that's awesome, man. That's that's great. So, I mean, it, and <clears throat> here's the deal. It's, it, what really hurts is that um, I think people, um, just in general, we have to be ready for like. We have to be ready to 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 bend and to flex with life, you know, and mm. uh, and just be open. That's really what COVID nineteen really shows. How how much yeah. you prepared, how much you have prepared to to be able to bend and flex um, with life, and and um, it's oftentimes very painful how much we haven't prepared. Um, I, so, you know, it's not even know, that. I was just going to say, it's not even that, but it's like, dude, who in the world could have possibly prepared for that? Like, and, and I speak for my business because I'm on an island in Thailand where yeah. 100% of my customers get flown in. Like, I don't have oh. local customers. So all my customers are foreign from different countries. So 
how could you ever prepare for your gym being not closed down for like maintenance or something, but the government shutting your gym down and shutting the airports down to where you can't even, your customers can't even fly in for three months. Like you, you can't possibly prepare for that kind of no. worst case scenario. And even you no. with your re restaurant and everyone else, the same virus, the same situation hit everybody the same way. Like it's like mm -hmm. literally the worst of the worst of the worst. I am going to be... I am going to be so overboard on my preparation for the worst after this is over with. I'm going to be preparing, exactly. like I told in previous podcasts, for like the apocalypse. Like I'm going to prepare for like apocalypse craziness, like after this, because like yeah. I never saw this coming, man. Like we were doing so good in January, February, March. Like we were just everything was going so great, and then just boom, gone. Like yeah. just over craziness. Yeah. Absolutely, it it's. Uh... For example, I had a um, one of my brother's friends. My brother, he's 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 an artist and uh, he works in high fashion on Rodale Drive. And oh, wow. one of his friends, same deal. Um, he's uh, um, <clears throat> a tailor at one of the the high end stores on on Rodale Drive. And COVID hits, nobody's working. This guy manufactures masks. And so this is like this oh. is like two weeks in, and he has this he has a mass that he's manufactured, and he has a new website up, and uh, he basically you know you send he sends you so many masks he sends you like two masks a week, and it's like a subscription based service, right. and just you know every just like your your Amazon Prime you know every Monday here goes your your fresh set of masks. Um, and I was just like, man, how you you just you just pivot like that? Like it was it was just so seamless. Yeah. yeah. It was just so seamless. Um, same thing, just you know, a couple other businesses I see in the area have just been, you know, just pivot so smoothly into into things at work. And I, even though I know you've been doing your podcast thing for quite some time. You know, I'm sure you've divert diverted more attention and more resources into your podcast during this. <laughs> yeah, I did, dude. I've done like so, 30 episodes in like two months, bro. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, 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 I have a studio in my house, dude. I'm living in this thing right now, so it's like I, I gotta stay busy, dude. I gotta yeah. like when you, I, I got the hustle in me, dude. So it's like I gotta stay busy. So if I, I was locked for my gym, like they they put us in districts and shut the roads down, so I couldn't even travel to my gym or to some of my coworkers and stuff. And we would meet at checkpoints to like have meetings and to share files and stuff like that with the police and the military there uh, to, to like for these podcasts and stuff. I'd meet at checkpoints to give them the files so they would go and edit them and post them on YouTube and stuff. So, yeah, when you but I just can't sit around. So like it's just straight into the podcast and like now it's going to continue on and we got a great workflow. But so I've tried to pivot, but not quite like like these guys. I mean, mm -hmm. th these guys yeah. are w way more prepared than I was for AK Thailand. That's for sure. Uh, but uh, again, now I, I would say give yourself some credit. I, I, I would, you know, it's it's just that that resilience of, uh, of of mine. You didn't just get give up and say woe is me, you know. You you kept it pushing. Yeah. You kept it moving, and and that's trying, that's what man. I mean. That's that's life in a nutshell, right? Times yeah. have change. You just got to keep moving. You got to keep changing. So. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna get over soon, man. We open up the gym here in a week, so. I think we're going to allow Muay Thai classes. We haven't had a COVID case in Phuket in two weeks now, as of this morning. So it's, and it was only oh, 200 dude. cases. 
on the whole island and the island's big it's not like a small island I mean, we're talking i don't know how many people but it's a lot of people so thailand luckily didn't have much COVID at all. Even though you would think from the fact that we have to wear a mask and we were locked down and the roads were blocked, they 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 literally it was like a, you know, it it was a they were tough with how they 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 dealt with it. But that being said, we have no issues right now, and and so it's like that's a good thing. And now we're getting back kind of to normal, and in a week we get to open the gym, and then two weeks airports are open and we can have customers come back in. So I think it's going to be a slow process with the Muay Thai opening first, and then. Uh, everything else opening after that. When are we going to get you to to come down here? I've been asking you before, but when are you going to come to Thailand oh and, and bring God. the family and come nerve, train? Man. Come on, man! It ain't, but it's it's only Phil. It's only twenty four hour flight, dude. <laughs> Shoot. Just well, twenty four hours. I can be there in no time. Yeah. <laughs> you might have to take a few sleeping pills and watch like ten movies. But once you get here, bro, I promise you, it is so amazing, dude. It's you got to come out here and train and and see the gym, and then definitely Phuket, man. All the islands and your family would love it. it it'd be amazing. I would listen. I got I got a couple of trips that my wife is like, nah, this trip has to happen. This trip has yeah. to happen. She like Kauai is on our, our list right now. Um. Uh. Two two years ago, we went to uh, uh, Guam in Korea. So we're, we're knocking them down, but I'm telling you, Thailand is on our list. I will be there for sure. In the Fifi Islands, that's out your way. Yeah, it's it's a, it's like a 45 minute boat ride off the coast of Phuket. You can go from AKA oh. Thailand and BMPP Island. Uh, on, on the main island of PP and an hour and a half but from literally from being inside AK Thailand to being on the shores of PP Island. Alright. That's it. I'm so I'm sold. We um, my my tickets is good as bought right now. I'm just we just <laughs> we just gotta find a good time to get away from the restaurant. And then we're there. Yeah, man, you'll get some great Muay Thai training in here. We'll we'll go to the beaches. The food is amazing. Uh, get some boats, cruise the islands. It's it's man, it's amazing. Damn, I, mean, I got I got some some friends down here that were real hesitant. It took like years to get them to finally come down here. Man, they loved it. Now they come all the time. So mm-hmm. it's definitely something that you would do. What, what do you do for fun other uh, where you're at right now? Like what do you what do you do on the side outside of training and stuff? Like what what is a what is an, uh, of, what is one of your fun activities that, that you enjoy? Um, bro, I enjoy reading, and um, yeah, yeah. Um, that I mean, I'm, I'm an introvert, so yeah. I. But you know, people think that means that you're like socially awkward. No, that's that's just socially awkward. No, I love talking to people. Yeah, you're not. But it does drain me. I do love to spend time, time just alone, and. Uh, and whenever I get some alone time, I um, just crack a book open. I started a book club. Um, COVID-19 tried to kill my book club. Um, <laughs> it's crazy, man. Like, uh, I thought I would have more time to read during COVID. I don't. Uh, I have kids jumping on me nonstop. I have no time to read. No time to read. It's insane. Uh, by the time I, I, it's like nine o'clock and, and my, my eyes are just too heavy to read. And it's just unbelievable. COVID just killed my book club. But uh, <laughs> we're going to get it. We're going to get it up and run it again. We're at like, I don't know. 
we we were doing two books. It's crazy because in December we were doing two books a month, and in in November we also did uh, two, maybe three books. Um, and so we were we were really we I mean uh, we were really pushing ourselves. You know, uh, I love my my book club. They we are uh, it's all fighters and fighters wives. So we uh we really push ourselves to to you know get the most out of what we want you know we want to be able to uh, most of it is fiction um but there's also some some really good nonfiction. um sometimes we'll, we'll read the nonfiction; it gets a little heavy and then the next book is much yeah. lighter um but it's constantly uh you know sharing experiences and, and gaining knowledge and then COVID happened and man I'm like, ah, uh, I just, I don't even know. It's, it's so sad and so grim. I can't even read this sad book. Like, so Phil Davis has secret sandwiches and a book club. I would have never thought that going into this podcast. That's crazy, <laughs> but that's awesome. I was going to ask you too what kind of books yeah. you like. So you said both uh, fiction and nonfiction. What about TV? Do you like do you do you watch Netflix? And then are you more into movies like action films and and drama stuff, or are you look more into like documentaries and 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 true life stuff? Um, I don't like anything that's uh, reality TV. No, um, I do like uh, like a suspense thriller. Uh, yeah. I think dr- drama is like code word for like not so much the romantic stuff, but just like a lot of crying. Uh, yeah. I-, I like to see more of a um, more of the, the the internal struggle for someone to do the right thing or to overcome their circumstances. Those sort of storylines. Um, the love and romance, I'll, I'll 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 entertain it for the wife, but um, documentaries, I watch a lot of documentaries. Um, Tiger King, obviously, you being what do you think about Thailand. that? Oh my gosh, nonstop craziness! They're doing a Absolute movie now crazy. with Nic- Nicolas Cage is going to be is going to be uh, Joe Exotic. They're doing a, t- no. a scripted a scripted TV series. I'm not I'm not joking. Wow. Yeah, I saw um, the the county the county commissioner. Um, it was either the commissioner or like the sheriff's office, but one of them just recently. This is like within the last week. They said Carol Baskin's husband's will <laughs> yeah, was one hundred percent a forgery. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I knew it. It's about to go down. Yeah. Do it. Yeah, I think she uh, killed her husband, and and I think Epstein didn't kill himself. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Dude, when it said, when they said that it said in the the will, if if he uh, dies or goes missing, (laughs) what? And then he goes missing. Like what? What? Like that's like that's like getting the chances of that is like getting killed by a shark in a swimming pool. Like that. That's how. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's yeah. so impossible, dude. 
That is so unbelievable. So, so, not, so now they're trying her. So she, that was the worst documentary of her life because she's like yep. facing charges now. Like they're going to and, and then I think the daughter of the, 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 the husband or whatever, I think, if I remember correctly, is like getting involved now that the, they found out that the will was falsified and all this because I guess she took all the money. Um, yeah, and I guess maybe did. the daughter didn't get as much. So like now there's all kinds of shit going down. That's crazy, man. Well, even even got, way back in the back in the documentary, in Tiger, excuse me, Tiger King, they talked about how um, her kids were, or they they thought that she hid his body under the septic pump, under the septic tank. Jesus. And I was like, dang! Like, could you imagine thinking that your mom was capable of that? That's crazy. That'd man. be wild. To no, me. I mean my, my mom's from Chicago. She's a little bit of gangster, but. She's not going to do that. I don't know, that. If she, you know if she could kill my dad. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Dude, that's crazy, wild. dude. Yeah, wild, yeah, Netflix is putting out some crazy stuff. I just saw that Epstein documentary talking about uh, the whole kind of scandal with him. And, like, that's another crazy one, dude. Jesus Christ. He's, like, he committed sui- committed suicide, but then, like, well, I don't think he did, but he committed suicide, and, like, the, all the cameras, both times, the attempted suicide and the actual suicide, all the cameras didn't work. The guards weren't there. Like, what? H- how does that get – like, I understand, like, he knew stuff that, uh, that that was probably incriminating for people. I mean, I, Bill Clinton, they said that he was on his plane 26 times to, you know, some to, these, to this island as well. Um, so I get that he had stuff on people, but how does it go from, like – like, say you're Bill Clinton and you're worried, like, uh, mm-hmm. okay, he ha- he has some dirt on me. I got to make sure and get rid of this guy. How does it get from Bill Clinton all the way down to, like, the the jail without anybody saying anything? You know what I mean? Like, how does how does that order get mm-hmm. sent down if that's even the case? But I'm just saying, how does that happen, man? That's just so beyond – Yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand how, how you can get away with that kind of stuff without leaving trails and people talking well, and, and – that's a crazy thing, man. Yeah, he was. I mean, it's funny. Oh, whoa! He oh, he, uh, he actually was a, a co-defendant with uh, with the current president. Did you see those papers? Uh, who? Yeah, Epstein. What his? Uh, oh yeah. The, the guy who gave the guy who gave him that sweetheart deal was was Trump's. Uh, I forgot what what the position was, but he was he Michael was he had to resign. Yeah, Acosta. Yeah. He had to resign. So that that's that was crazy too cuz he gave him so, a crazy deal. President Trump and and Epstein were co-defendants in a in a in a case back in 2003. It's pretty bad, but that's crazy. I don't know. I don't know what happened to that case. So, I guess they didn't end up being obviously convicted, but um when, see, the problem is you have these very rich and powerful people. It's never about facts. It's not about facts. Yeah. It's not, like when those investigators, when you watch that that documentary and you see what those investigators found, it's like, whoa. Yeah, And exactly. this wasn't enough for a conviction, huh? For 10, 15 years. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. And so – um. It's it's crazy the way it started too. It, it just said, oh yeah, Jeffrey Epstein just walked in into the uh, the Palm Beach Police Department, gave him a hundred thousand dollars, and said, hey, you know, I just want you guys to have whatever you need. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, 
Well, okay, thanks. If that doesn't scream, and, I'm uh, doing some shady shit. Right? <laughs> so, you know, or exactly, you know, it, it, it's just, you know, it's it's sad the 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 justice system, and it's yeah. it's sad how it can be manipulated. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, it definitely sad. it can. It definitely can. Oh, we can. Yes, I know I've taken a lot of your time, and I appreciate it. But I got to ask you something. So one time I was on the elevator with you before a fight, and I was with my friend, and he's a big fan. And uh, I was on the elevator with you, and it was fight week for you, and you had a fight coming up, and you were drinking Sprite. And you were cutting mm-hmm. weight or something, or, or you were just cut weight or something. And, and my friend was like, oh, man, you like Sprite on fight week? And you were like, yeah, because of the bubbles. I remember. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> Is it true? Because I, I heard you had a Sprite commercial and a Sprite, a Sprite commercial and a Sprite uh, endorsement. Is that true? Yeah, you never saw it. Never saw it, man. And 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 like oh. I heard about it. I heard about it, and, and I tried to look it up right before this podcast because I was like, uh, I want to see this thing, and I can't, I can't see it. I can't find it. Okay, I have to see if I can send it to you. Because um, I heard you did a, a big Sprite, a Sprite commercial, man. I want to see that thing now. Right. You know what's crazy, man? That was like the easiest money ever. Because I love Sprite. I That's my point. Because I, 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 I had that I had that little I had that little memory of us in the elevator and you were just like, I just love the bubbles right. and you and you you genuinely were just enjoying a sprite. And then like then right. so it was like what what a better what, what better person to do a commercial and then what a obviously I, I, you couldn't find one I love it yeah, so yeah let me explain the thing about the bubbles so when I'm when I'm <laughs> cut, I'm cutting weight obviously you know I'm I'm not eating a lot of food and um and so I could have um let's say twelve ounces of water or I could have twelve ounces of Sprite. And the 12 ounces wow. of Sprite, like the, the bubbles in my stomach makes me feel so much more satiated. It just makes me feel like I ate so much. Um, and that just comes from a lifetime of cutting weight when something something so small can make you feel so good. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I know. Um, I know. I feel. Yeah. And so. Uh, so, yeah, that's my whole thing. I, you know, I, I can't I can't drink as much as I want. But if I, as long as I can only have four ounces of something, I'm gonna have four ounces of Sprite. Like, because nice. <laughs> either way, when I wake up in the morning, I'm gonna be dehydrated. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna happen. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. So mm-hmm. send me that when we when we get off, man. Send me that link because I, I tried to find it and uh, I couldn't find it, and I wanted to see it because I I knew at the time you got a big uh, Sprite deal, and then. Uh, and then I was going to see it, and I never did. And then I obviously thought about it again when we were doing this podcast, and then I couldn't find it. So send it to me. I want to see mm-hmm. this thing, man. Because I know you love Sprite. Okay. I was there. I was there. I do. I was a, wit- I do. I was a witness. <laughs> That's funny. It's yeah, so funny well, you listen, remembered that. Yeah. I remember everything, dude. I like I remember so many things. That's why these podcasts are so fun because I like I have I've had so many different fighters on the show, but like I've I've spent somewhat 
whether a little time or a lot of time with all of them. And I remember all these mm-hmm. these small things and we can kind of rehash and go back and, and share memories and kind of go down memory lane because it's a small community. It used to be a lot smaller, but it was, it was a small community of us fighters back in the day, man, you know, like, yeah, and we'd travel sure. around and fight and, and, and it was, it's, it was a good time, man. I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I, I love my fighting oh, career man. and the people that I met and, and you're still enjoying yours. And like, it's just, it's man, it's just such a good, a good thing. Now I'm in business and I'm enjoying that more primarily because I'm 40 and 40 and fighting just doesn't really, I don't want to be like fight it that, that 45 year old fighting that 24 year old coming out of, you know, (laughs) that that college gay wrestler. (laughs) I don't want to end up being that guy, you know? So like, I'm good. I'm good with like retiring from fighting, but man, I I loved it. I wouldn't take anything. I I, I definitely wouldn't trade anything as far as, as what happened in my career and stuff. So, but man, I want to thank you, man. You, you give me a lot of your time and it was great catching up with you. And, uh, I think we learned a lot about you and your past and history that, uh, I definitely didn't know. And I've always been a huge fan of yours, loved your fights, love all your fights. I look forward to uh, Bellator announcing your name coming up on one of these upcoming cards and uh, seeing you get back in there, man. You always do a great job, and uh, and I'm eventually going to make it down there and have that, that submission uh, sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm going to eventually get you to come to Phuket. And you're going to come enjoy uh, the islands and, and see what kind of life is here, man. Because I tell you, it's gonna, you're going to love it, bro. I don't know. Maybe I'll just convince my wife, you know, maybe we just move there, start a church, and that'll be it. Like, boom. Yeah. There you go. It's cheap, boom. man. You can take Hawaii and just cut it in half, and that's what you'll spend going to Phuket, probably even more than that, especially now after COVID. So just think about all the money wow. you would save, man. It, it's beautiful islands. It's pla- it, You know, everybody kind of goes to Hawaii, but how many people you know that goes to PP Island, you know, and Phuket? So it's like... <sighs> Yeah. What if you can do You're that right. for half the half the price, bro? Half the price. See, see, I have a background in sales. You got a background in real estate, so I'm mm-hmm. I'm selling you right now. Half <laughs> the price. You can you can be on the shores of PP Island for half the price. The food, half the price. You can see wild animals. You can cruise with on the boats. You can swim in the most beautiful, tranquil waters. We can mm. get trained at the best gym in the world, bro. I know people. I, I I'm telling right. you. I know the best gym in the world. It happens to be, I'm a little biased, but it happens to be AK Thailand and you will enjoy it. (laughs) All right. But that's not all. What else? What else? (laughs) I'll even throw in, I'll even throw in a free mitt session. (laughs) Dude, I will give you a free mitt session. Oh yeah. It was going to be bonus secret, secret, uh, unlocks. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give you secret unlocks. You get free mitt session. I'll give you. I'll give you the free. Uh, I got the. Uh, uh, speaking of which, I can't believe I didn't think of this earlier. I got the uh, the quick swick uh, sandwich, but it's uh, it's not a sandwich. It's a uh, wow. I can't believe I uh, forgot the name of it. But it's a toasted sandwich, whatever you want to call that. Okay. And it's it's so so I got my own little sandwich thing in my restaurant too. So. You'll come, you can come have that toasty. Sorry. It's a toasty. I can't believe I forgot about that. The quick swick toasty. And it's got like uh, egg, ham, cheese, toasted. It's really good. It ain't nothing. Okay. All. It ain't got near the, the, the submission level of ingredients, but for right. Thailand, it's pretty good. It's pretty good after, a, after a good long session. So. Okay. All right. Well, we, well, we have to exchange notes, bro. We got to exchange yeah. notes and recipes. See what we can do here. Uh, yeah, I'm not much of a <laughs> I'm not much of a restaurant guy, 
But yeah, good protein shakes, good healthy food. I let them take care of that, the the experts. And but the cool thing is, man, we have the restaurant on site. We have a two acre like uh, property, and we got multiple buildings. Mm-hmm. So we got like a almost six thousand square foot uh, open air Muay Thai area where you can see the mountain and the jungle while you're training. So like in between wow. your your bag work and in between your pad work, when you're catching your breath, you're not looking at like walls and other training. Uh, partners all exhausted and pictures on the wall that you see yeah. every single day. You're you're looking at the the jungle and you're looking at mountains and the air is coming from the source from the from all this plant life mm-hmm. right into your your lungs. Um, and then we got the MMA BJJ building. We got the weight room and the Airdyne, the AK Airdyne. You've seen that obviously and done that before. Yeah. We have a huge Airdyne room up, upstairs with a view as well of the mountain. And uh, and then we got the restaurant on site, so you can you can go and get your workout and then order your food. Go take a shower. By the time you get back to the restaurant, like your food's on the table. You got a fresh coconut. You got your, you know, your healthy meal, be it grilled chicken and rice, whatever you want, all just waiting for you. And then boom, man, it's, it doesn't get easier than that. Sold? Are you sold? American Airlines, I need a flight. <laughs> yes. Yeah, He's man. sold. <laughs> that sounds great. That sounds great. That's the life right there. All right. I'm going to hold you to it, man. And listen, I appreciate you taking the time to to doing this podcast, man. It was great catching up with you. And uh, I wish you all the luck. And we'll stay in touch. I want to see that Sprite commercial. I want to come and visit when I come back to America. Um, And then I'm going to get you here in Thailand. So it's happening, dude. It's going to happen. It's happening. 2020 is our year. 2020. And definitely 2021 for sure. (laughs) All right, bro. All right, brother. Take, Take care, man. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right, well, there you have it, Phil Davis. Um, man, what a great conversation. We got into some some crazy tangents, and that's what I love, man. I love getting into these deep conversations with such high-profile fighters. It's done so much for the sport and, and are continuing to do so much for the sport and in the sport. Um, you know, he's a great guy. Uh, like I said, we've crossed paths many times in our careers, but it was great to sit down and have a nice, long conversation about so many different things. I think we covered quite a bit. Um, and I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got to uh, enjoy sitting in and, and listening to us talk. And, and hopefully uh, a lot of this resonated with you and, and either motivated you, inspired you, or at least informed you about Phil Davis. There's a lot of things that I found out that I thought was interesting. So uh, anyway, if you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you uh, want to see in the future, maybe some future guests. Uh, give us your critiques. We, we love hearing from you. We, we reply to everybody. Um, if you're not watching on YouTube, definitely do it. It's always good to watch us interact. Um, I think uh, I really like building up the YouTube channel and, and, and this show, and we put a lot of work into the studio and, and trying to make these as professional as possible to make them viewer-friendly. Um, and if you're listening on the audio platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, subscribe there. Uh, we're rated five stars on iTunes. I want to thank you guys for leaving reviews. It means the world to me to see these great reviews coming in. Um, it, it makes me feel that uh, you know what I'm doing here is 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 helping and 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 entertaining and informing you guys. This is fun for me. This is a hobby. I'm not I'm not a professional podcaster trying to make a living at this. I'm just uh, having fun and having great conversations with great people, and uh, I enjoy sharing them. Um, with people who are interested. So I'm glad you enjoy it. And uh, if you don't tell me why, and, and I'll make it better. I'll try to make it where you will enjoy it. Um, so again, thank you for watching. Thank you for viewing. And I'll see you next time.